pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 256. Today I'm going to chat with Monty Long from XS Sites, discuss a new gun law in California, highlight a discreet new gun case from Savior Equipment, and talk about a beloved icon taken from us too soon. I am your host, Ava Flanell. Monty, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm doing well. So before we started the show, I was telling you how this morning I slept in, which I normally don't. But I'm pretty sure that's because Peaches, when she woke up in the middle of the night and she was like gagging and decided to throw up on me, I think that has something to do with it. You, but you uh, know, uh, <laughs> like I, like I was telling you, I've, I've got a couple of cats, but I, I grew up around dogs because his dad's a veterinarian, and you know, I swear that one of the best sounds for an alarm clock ever is a dog <laughs> or a cat about to about to have Chuck because yes. that will wake you up right now. <laughs> that is so true. I know. But yeah, I'm looking at her this morning. She's on my lap and I'm like, it's just a good thing you're cute, you know? (laughs) And if anybody's wondering, it didn't get on my bed. I actually uh, took the brunt of it. So I guess that's good in a way to a degree. (laughs) I'm not at the laundromat because also, (laughs) I don't know if you're like me, but so obviously I have, you know, washer and dryer at my house, but my comforter is so big that I have to go to the laundromat in order to wash it. And so anytime that something happens to my comforter, I'm just like, no, because it takes up like at least two hours out of my day washing the comforter at the laundromat. And it's just like, it's torture. That alone, oh, just, I, I hate it. Oh, well, that's, that's, yeah, that, that does not help the day go No, well. it doesn't. And then you're just like, why did I get a dog? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, just, you know, it's, it's, oh my Lord, some of the things you see at the laundromat and you're just like, I know. really? I know. I, I mean, seriously. Yeah. I actually, I think I might, I have a pretty brand new like washer and dryer. I'm having a new house built that'll be done in September. I'm thinking originally I said when I was selling the house that I was taking the washer and dryer with me, a part of me thinks like maybe I will just sell my washer and dryer and actually get a bigger one because yeah, I definitely don't like going to the laundromat and then you see all kinds of people there. And oh, I usually, yes. I usually just <laughs> hang out in my car. <laughs> mostly because i don't want to leave my stuff because i'm like it might get stolen there's a chance it's it's probably gonna get stolen (laughs) yeah i i I understand perfectly i uh i live in an apartment and the only thing worse than the laundromat at the old apartment complex i was in was the laundry room in the apartment complex oh fortunately when i moved last year the new place the, the laundry room isn't too terribly bad i know that all too well because living in new york city it's really rare to have a washer and dryer unit in the apartment and so it's usually like in the basement or even when i went to college you know they usually have it like in the basement on campus i get it i i know that way too well and one thing is like that always stuck out to me especially in college is like people would leave their laundry there and usually it would be dry and i'm like how did you get through this whole process you remember to put it in the dryer and then you just totally forgot to and it'd be there for weeks Oh, and yeah, that that drives me insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially like the, the the apartment complex I live in, it's all done on an app on the phone, right? There's no there's no coin slots. It's you you scan the barcode on the the washer or the dryer to start it. Well, when it finishes, it sends you a text message. Wow. Yeah. So there's and, really and no like, excuses. Wow, you're, you know, you know, go in there and, and start some 
you know, start stuff in the washing machine and look at the dryers. And it's like, okay, the dryers are running. They got, you know, two, three minutes left. So it'll be, it'll be okay. And, uh, yeah, you come back and it's still sitting there. It's like, really? Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, you, you've had half a freaking hour to, to get in here and grab that. So I could use the dryer and you didn't. I mean, hey, if nothing else, it just makes me realize, like, I'm actually doing pretty good in my life, I guess, compared to others, right? Yeah. You know? I suppose you're right. I yeah. suppose you're right. You got it. You, you're, you're missing the hindsight here. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the show, I'm going to talk about Smith & Wesson real quick. Smith & Wesson just released a brand new version of the MMP 2.0 Compact. The Optic Ready Spec Series is a fully decked out package straight from the factory for compact carry and ready to suppress. It's optic ready with adapter plates to mount multiple types of red dots and suppressor height sights so that you can co-witness. It comes in bull shark gray with black accents for a really cool stealth look. I'm actually, I'm like, why didn't I get this gun? Because usually whenever they come out with a the gun, they'll send it to me and I'm like, uh, I want this gun. I don't know. I'll have to talk to my contact over there and find out why I didn't get this one. But anyway, so it comes with the 15 round mags compact enough. If you, you know, if you want to carry it also comes with two 23 round mags for bigger spares. Obviously, if you don't live in restricted States it has the standard features of the M 2.0, including the trigger upgrade, which I think is a great trigger. It's just nice, you know, clean break and short reset it comes with a custom fit case, matching Tonto knife, and a challenge coin, which I'm not into challenge coins, but it actually looks pretty cool. This entire package is on sale right now for only $799. If you guys want to check it out for yourself, head on over to smith-wesson.com. That sounds like it might be a handy little package. Uh, right? The, the, the MNP was a pretty solid handgun. I, I shot one of those for 3-Gun and for USPSA for, for several years and, and always had good luck with it and the 2.0s they made some pretty noticeable upgrades and made it an even better handgun Mm -hmm. i agree and you know what i actually have excess sights on a few of my 2.0 handguns which that's excellent yeah which that might be a good segue into excess sights learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Before we get into talking about excess sites, and guys, if you're wondering, I just need to be clear. So it is the letters XS, not excess, like in excess. Because you say it fast enough and people might be Googling excess, you know, instead of the letters. But before we get into talking about excess sites and everything that you guys do over there, I want to know a little bit about yourself and how you got into this industry. Okay. Well, uh, as, as you said, when we got started, my name's Monty Long. I was born and raised, well, born in Fort Worth and raised just outside of Fort Worth, Texas, um, which excess is headquartered here in Fort Worth. Grew up in a veterinary clinic. Dad graduated from A&M in 1978, started his own clinic just shortly after I was born. So as you and I were talking about before the show started, grew up in a vet clinic. Was So I've always been around dogs, cats, horses, and cattle. Uh, as we discussed, I've, I've had 
some form of dog cat or some combination of dog cat <laughs> or cow uh, for my entire life mm-hmm. and loved it. At one time, I thought I was going to go into veterinary medicine and then I figured out I did not want to put that much effort into the math and the science involved because there was a lot of other things that I could could do with with my time. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, I spent most of my time out in a pasture with a dog and a, a BB gun or a twenty two, uh, wandering around and shooting at coyotes, shooting at cans, just uh, enjoying the fact that I was able to do that. Yeah. Um, and what state was this I, in? In, in Texas, okay. uh, like I said, I grew up, born born in Fort Worth, Texas, grew up in a little town called Keller. Okay, time at the time a little town. Uh, the last time I drove through Keller, I could barely recognize it because it's grown so much. Went to college in Stephenville, Texas, and when I was there, I found a, a place called Tac Pro Shooting Center, which is a range and training facility about fourteen miles, fifteen miles north of Stephenville. And that's where I got into competitive shooting. They had held their first three-gun match around 2000, I think it was. It was cold. It was rainy. It was miserable. I finished like next to last place (laughs) and couldn't wait to do it again Mm -hmm. Uh, and have just been going crazy with it ever since. I, uh, I shoot a little bit of USPSA, a little bit of IDPA, a little bit of precision rifle, and, you know, prior to COVID, quite a bit of three gun. You know, last two years have been kind of crazy because of the the changes in life because of the COVID madness, but mm-hmm. uh, still love to shoot competitively and, and still try and get out and shoot as many matches as I can get away with. Somewhere around 2009, 2010, I started helping teach out at TAC Pro a little bit. And then a few years ago, uh, another one of the instructors who's also a full-time instructor for for one of the local police departments convinced me to get my T. Cole basic instructor certificate and T. Cole firearms instructor certificate. So I can also teach uh, law enforcement at this point in time. Oh, um, nice. And that's what T. Cole stands for? Cause I've actually, I've never heard uh, that term. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. T. Cole is Texas commission on law enforcement. Oh, okay. Uh, it used to, it used to be T. Close, which was Texas commission on law enforcement the standards of education or something like that. I, I forget the exact terminology they use, but that's that's the governing body for law enforcement uh, standards and instruction here in the state of Texas. Okay. Yeah, so out of the last couple of years, I've been doing a little more teaching and uh, still trying to shoot as many matches as I can get away with. And then how did you end up with excess sites? Oh, so when I started shooting at Tac Pro, there were a couple of other guys that shot out there, Dave Biggers and Bob Rudecki, which Dave is now the, the marketing manager at SDS Imports, and Bob's the sales manager for Glock USA. At the time, they were both employees here at XS and would shoot out at Tac Pro. So that's that's where I met those guys, and that's where I was introduced to XS sites. After college, I wound up working at one of the gun shops locally and would still you know, see Bob and Dave and, and hang out and shoot with them. And they started doing uh, a, m- a movie night on Tuesday nights here at XS where they'd stick around late, eat some pizza, work on whatever they were a little behind on production wise. You know, they said, Hey, Dave said, Hey, you want to come hang out and eat pizza and watch a movie while we do this? And I said, sure. And, uh, well, I don't do very well at sitting around doing nothing. So I wound up helping them with whatever it was, whether it was, 
assembling sites to go out the door to Remington or putting stuff together for you know, Brownells or Midway or whoever. And after a couple of months of that, uh, Ed Pastusik, who owned the company uh, at that time, said, hey, we could use another guy around here. You want to come to work for us? I was like, sure, why not? It was, uh, it was a little more fun than working in the gun shop. And then I had Saturday and Sunday off rather than just Sunday, which made it easier to go shoot major matches. So I said, yeah, I started working here in uh, May of 2004 and haven't looked back. Nice. That's a good story. I'm sure that they asked you, though, intentionally, they were like, we'll, we'll frame it as like, oh, it's going to be movie night pizza, but we're totally going to put this guy to work and test him. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was actually what the, <laughs> what the conversations were here. <laughs> right. That's okay. It worked out. Ed, uh, unfortunately, Ed passed away several years ago, but Ed was Ed was one of the coolest guys around. Uh, he was very, very nice, very, very personable. Liked guns, liked to shoot, but was just a master machinist. I mean, I, I don't know a whole lot about machining, but most of what I did came from Ed, and it would be one of those, I want to machine parts off of this handguard for an AR to make it lighter and be sitting there looking at it and Ed would come by, oh yeah, man, after work, we'll get that done and just go to town after work, helping you get it set up and chewing through aluminum and wow. telling you the better ways to do it or, you know, hey, don't do it that way because you're going to run into to problems because that's a climbing cut and you don't want to do it that way and hmm. just really, really wonderful, wonderful individual missing all the time. Yeah. And is he the one who started Excess Sites? So he and Ashley Emerson started the company. So okay. when the company got started in the in the mid-90s, Ashley Emerson was working for Miniature Machine Co. Color, uh, MMC, uh, which was on the other side of Fort Worth. And they made checkering tools and some iron sights. And their, their iron sight was extremely cool. It was elevation adjustable, but it was just... You couldn't break them with a hammer. Ashley was working for them, and he had some ideas on site design, but the owners at MMC weren't that interested in it. Ed was doing, Ed and his, his other company, Horizon Tech Industries, were doing some contract machine work for MMC, so that's how he met Ashley. Ashley pitched him his ideas, and Ed was like, hey, that sounds cool. Let's do it. And they started what was originally A&E Design. It was the original name of the company, I believe. Hmm. From there, it went to Ashley Outdoors and then AO Sites and then Express Site Systems to XS Sites. Same company, same ownership, just uh, different names for a different variety of reasons. How long has it been called XS Sites? They changed to XS Sites. The name was changed in 2002 or 2003. It was okay. before I started. Okay. Uh, my, first, my first set of sites were actually... Ashley Outdoor Sites, and Ashley was still working with the company when I bought them. Huh. And then, like I said, the name changed over the years for a variety of reasons. But basically what Ashley wanted to do was take the concept of the express site that was used on African double rifles mm -hmm. and port it into handguns, right? I mean, most of the time the guys that were using double rifles were hunting dangerous games. We've got rather large four-footed critters that don't want to die and if they realize that you're hunting them a lot of them will tend to do foul evil and nasty things to you mm -hmm. and ashley's like well you know in a defensive situation you're dealing with a two-legged critter that wants to do foul evil and nasty things to you and in either case you need the same end result you need to put 
lead where it needs to go as quickly as possible. And we don't need pinpoint bullseye precision. We need good chest cavity shots and we need them right now. Yeah. And the express sights worked really well for that. And that was the, that was the initial design and and where, where it started was taking the idea of the express sight. So the the large white dot front sight with a shallow V with Mm -hmm. vertical stripe, taking that idea that had been in use on double rifles since the late 1800s and bringing it over to handguns to accomplish the same purpose. Nice. I like it. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. Primary Arms has the new SLX RS10 reflex sight, and it just earned the National Tactical Officers Association Silver Rating. The RS10 is the first pistol-mounted mini reflex sight from Primary Arms, and they really brought their A-game with this one. It's built very rugged from aluminum, and it fits the common doctor-slash-vortex footprint. It has a daylight bright 3-MOA dot, auto live and ultra long battery life of 40,000 hours. Plus it has a side loading battery drawer so that you don't lose your zero removing the dot to replace the battery, which I think is a huge plus. It comes with a piggy tinny mount and Glock MOS adapter price on these is only 199. So they're priced very competitively compared to others on the market. If you want to check it out, head on over to primaryarms.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY, all one word, and you're going to get a free cleaning kit with every primary arms optic that you buy. Okay, so let's go back. So they start, we'll just call it excess sights. What models did they originally start out with? Well, obviously, block handguns. Um, it's kind of hard to, to offer anything in the way of sights without offering for a Glock, because even, even yeah. in the mid-90s, Glock had a, a huge presence in yeah. the in the self-defense and the law enforcement market. And really, uh, as honestly, looking back for the longest time, that was like, Glock was like the gun to make all the aftermarket parts for. And, and to an extent, it still is, because they're still way up there in popularity for, yeah. for a you know law enforcement duty weapon and for a defensive handgun. Mm-hmm. You know, they also originally started offering, or some of the first things offered were, uh, Sites for a five inch nineteen eleven with mil spec career sight cut, mm-hmm. but they did require having a front sight dovetail cut. The, the original mil spec stake on was barely adequate for the low front sight that the military used, and definitely not adequate for anything that was easy to see. Mm-hmm. As well as the the Sig Classic series, so the the two two six, the two two eight, the two two nine. One of the things that XS has traditionally and, and still to this day does that's different than most everybody else all of our sites are cmc machined you see a lot of a lot of companies using metal injection molding or some investment casting for sites and you know there's pluses and minuses no matter which method you use but the nice thing about cnc machining is there's a whole lot less cost to get something started once you do the r d work right so for a metal injection molded site you have to have a mold for mm-hmm. a, an investment cast site. You have to have a mold and you have to know that you're going to make enough sites to justify the cost of the mold. Yeah. A mold for a MIM setup is 40 or $50,000. Mm-hmm. You've got to make a lot of sites to, to recover that. Yeah. For a Glock or a SIG, that's easy. 
for a CC75, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the 75, while it's a great handgun, it's just never had the popularity in the U.S. of uh, other options. Mm-hmm. So the nice thing about doing things on a CNC machine is for smaller runs or for low, you know handguns that are a little less popular, it's a little more cost effective. You can you can reasonably design and manufacture a set of sites and not have to sell you know a boatload of them to to recover the cost of the mold before you start seeing a profit. And that's one of the nice things that that we do is we offer sites for a lot of handguns that nobody else even thinks about because we can. Yeah, machine it. You know, like I said, the CZ family. Um, there's not a whole lot of people that offer night sights for the CZ family, uh, especially the the 75s, 85s, SPO1, PO1, the PO9, PO7, all of those guys, um, because you have to sell enough to justify the mold. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We we, we take a three eighths inch diameter piece of bar stock and cut away everything that isn't a gun sight. And there you go. Mm-hmm. There's no mold to worry about. It's just tooling which you got to buy and it wears out anyway. Would you say that that's like one of the things that sets you guys apart from your competition? One of the things, yeah, is the the fact that we do offer sites for a lot of options that other companies don't. Mm -hmm. I would also say that I think our customer service is better than anybody else around. Mm Mm-hmm. You call in, you're going to catch a phone that asks you whether you need tech support or one of the sales staff or whatnot, and then you go to a person. Now, if you get an answer machine, it's because we're either closed or we're all on the phone. Yeah, uh, that's one of those things that we're we're very proud of is the fact that we actually do talk to the customers all the time. We also have a tech support email address that we answer. There's there's four of us that have access to that email address, and we answer tech emails constantly. We have a no questions asked warranty, which is marginally misleading because we're probably going to ask you questions if you have a problem, mainly because we want to figure out what went wrong and figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you a new front side or a new rear side, whichever the case may be, and get you taken care of. We just want to get information about what went wrong so that we can, you know, the next time we go to make a production run of those, well, if we know that. You know, we have a batch of Glock sites, or this this batch of Glock sites that we just made is not fitting into the dovetail quite correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, we can take that into account and tweak the print so that the next run we alter the dovetail dimensions so they actually fit better. Yeah. Or if we have you know a run of front you know dovetail front sites that for whatever reason the dovetail uh, they were made on the the minimum end of the spec and the dovetail allows the bottom edge of the site to get in a bind and cause the front sight to shear if you're not careful. Yeah, we're going to take that into effect, uh, into account and modify the print and make the next run so that they work better. Again, that's something else that's nice about the fact that we see and see machine something is if we run into an issue, we don't have to buy a new mold to fix it. We modify the program and run another batch. Now, well, we, we ran into an issue with that on, on some of the HK suppressor heights. We, for whatever reason, a batch of VP9s that came in, either the, the female dovetail cut in the slide was the specs changed just a little bit, or when they installed the factory sites, they swaged out the dovetail a little bit, mm-hmm. which, which can happen. And we had, you know, all of a sudden started seeing some of those that were loose in the dovetail. Okay. It was about time to run another batch of them anyway, so we just increased the dimension of the dovetail by a 
about a thousandth and a half and solve a problem hmm. versus had it been a, a MIM type site, well, <laughs> you'd, you'd have had to buy a new mold. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, that makes and, sense. So that's, that's one of those things that makes life uh, a little easier. We also, I guess when we came out with the F8s about four years ago, five years ago, we started doing our amber technology, which is a, a photoluminescent dot surrounding the tritium lamp. So you can actually you know, set the gun outside in full sun is the best option. So you have the time and can do it and maintain control of it while it's happening. Uh, but you can also take a handheld light, shine it on that, that dot on the front sight, and it's going to glow really well for a while. Good full charge out in sunlight, you'll get six hours of glow out of it in addition to the tritium lamp, right? So you've got the tritium lamps are glowing all the time, but we've also got that photoluminescent dot that you can charge up and get a little more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. So let's talk about the tritium for a second. The front sights, there's like two circles. There's the larger Mm -hmm. circle and then inside. So inside, that's the tritium, right? Yeah, in the very center of it, you know, like you said, you you looking at it visually, you've got kind of like a bullseye. You've got a very small circle in the center and a larger one surrounding it. Uh-huh. Uh, that smaller circle in the center is actually a tritium lamp. Okay. Uh, and and for, for those that aren't aware, tritium is a it's a naturally occurring element. We, we all get exposed to it just breathing every day. Very, very small amounts. And it's a, it's a radioactive isotope of hydrogen. And what that means is it it decays over time. As it decays, it emits beta particles, which are very, very, very weak radioactive particles. Mm-hmm. In the case of a tritium lamp, we've trapped tritium gas inside a glass tube that's coated with phosphor. Well, those beta particles hit the phosphor and cause the phosphor to glow. And that's why in total, you know, extreme low light or total darkness, that tritium lamp has that faint green glow. That's the beta particles bouncing off the phosphor and causing them to, to glow with that green light. They glow all the time. It's just such a weak light source that unless it's extremely dim or completely dark, you're not going to see that that tritium lamp glowing. Hmm. Interesting. And then what is it like working with tritium? Like, are there any like safeties or legalities revolving around that? Any requirements? Oh, quite a bit. Quite a bit. So tritium is a radioactive isotope provider. It is radioactive. It is controlled by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, who has lots and lots of guidelines for the safe handling and use of tritium. In addition, uh, I don't know about you know other places, you know, Trigicon and Night Vision, they're up in Michigan. I don't know what Michigan's requirements are. Here in Texas, we also have to go through Texas Department of Health because it's a radioactive isotope of hydrogen that the Department of Health wants to have their say. And... We actually have Kelly, one of the, the co-owners at the moment, is our RSO, our radiation safety officer. And she knows more about the, the legalities and particular rules and regulations of, of the, the tritium aspect than I do. That being said, it's one of those basically be very careful with them. Don't break them and try not to go cross-eyed looking at them because you know the tritium lamp is about the size of a grain of rice and it's really easy to get a lot of them in a in a you know in a workstation and trying to just keep track of all the little things is interesting sometimes right i couldn't even imagine especially when you know when you're building like an ar and you drop your roll pin Mm -hmm. it's essentially 
kind of like that. <laughs> the, 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 the only advantage to the tritium versus that roll pin is, it, is you can turn the lights off and you should be able to yeah. that tritium lamp. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's it's a naturally occurring element that we're, we're all exposed to to some degree every mm-hmm. day, just, just breathing. If you were to take every tritium lamp we have in the building and break them all at once, you might have a little bit of a problem, but but not much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need something like 10,000 lamps immediately, simultaneously broken open in a 10-foot by 10-foot room mm-hmm. to really have a major concern. Hmm. So as an individual user, you know, occasionally a lamp breaks. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a bad lamp or you smack it really hard and it gives it a little crack. That's never going to be a problem. That what little bit of gas escapes is dissipated long before it can get to your nose or your mouth. Yeah. And tritium is such a weak beta emitter that you actually have to inhale it or ingest it for it to even come close to causing your problem. And that being said, what we use in a gun site is about the same amount that's used for, for radiation tracing inside the body by, by the medical profession. Mm-hmm. Drink lots of water, drink beer. It'll last in your body for three to four days and you're done. Wow. Yeah. Huh, I mean, that's one of the things they, they, that's one of the things they tell you. If you, you know, if you break a lamp in, during installation, installation into a site body, you get to do the nice full wipe down. You get to do the paperwork and then whoever was in that room, uh, they're done for the day and they need to drink lots and lots of water so that they can process the tritium and urinate it out. Well, beer's a diuretic, so go drink a couple extra beers tonight. You'll be fine. Right. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess I never really thought about any of that stuff. I noticed that you guys offer a warranty and it's like mm-hmm. warranty on damage or the tritium stops glowing before 10 years. Is the 10 year mm-hmm. time length chosen because the expected half life of tritium is like 12.3 years? Uh, yeah. 10 years is, is very close to the half life. And uh-huh. It's a nice round number that's easy to remember. Right. As <laughs> opposed to like 12.3. Exactly. Exactly. We, I don't think we've ever really questioned anybody too hard on the warranty. Yeah. Um, they could have bought it from a dealer or gotten it as a gift. And I mean, I don't know about you. I don't remember what I bought last year. Yeah. In, in regards to trying to remember how long the warranty's in, uh, you know, out, outside of a vehicle, I'm probably not going to remember it. So we understand that. So we take care of the customer on this. Very nice. And then just to kind of give listeners an idea of the cost for sites, what does it range from? Depends on the variation of the site. We do we do some things. You know, like our minimalist sites, which is a, a conventional notching post with a tritium lamp in the front site, but a rear site that's just serrated. Mm-hmm. Um, offers a lower cost alternative for somebody that does want to upgrade their sites to get, you know, if they're using a factory Glock. You know, you can go to the minimalist sites and get away from the, the Glock factory plastic stuff that is not durable. Yeah. And go to a set of steel sites that is incredibly durable and also has a tritium lamp up front. Those are going to be about 60 or $65, I believe, uh, all the way up to our DXT2, which is the current version of the Express sites, and they're about $140. Okay. 
Nice. And it just kind of ranges in there depending on which set of sites, what the configuration is. You know, like I said, we, we offer the minimalist sites that only have tritium up in the front versus our, our 3Ds or our DXT2s, which have tritium on both front and rear. Okay. I'm going to take another quick break, talk about Mantis Mantis has. Oh, see, that's a cool. Pro- oh, the Mantis X is a cool product. Okay, which one have you used, or have you used them all? I've got an. Oh, I bought mine shoot three, four years ago, so it's the original Mantis X. I haven't played with some of the newer stuff. Okay. All right, I have, but it was at trade shows. But even the older version I have is is just really, really cool and a really, really nice tool to have for some dry fire. Uh huh. I agree. So you have. I'm assuming probably the X10. The one that I goes on, open. although I don't even know. I mean, because they had a few a few versions before the X10, but essentially it connects to the Picatinny rail, like on your handgun. Or if there is no mm-hmm. Picatinny rail, they obviously have adapters and stuff like that. But I think it's definitely a great way to not only practice, you know, with your dry fire and stuff like that, but it seems to be really accurate. And you don't necessarily have to be aiming at a target. It picks up everything that you're doing as you're squeezing the trigger, like before, during, and after, and all that movement. And it'll detect and tell you exactly like what you're doing wrong to fix those things. It's definitely a great tool if you want to not only dry fire, which there's no sense in dry firing if you're doing the wrong thing, right? Because then you're just building that muscle memory and you just keep making the same mistake. And then it's going to be really hard to train yourself out of it. I think it helps when, you know, not only are you practicing dry fire, which with the X10, you could actually bring it to the range and live fire with this as well. If you're thinking, well, yeah, it makes a difference, you know, when I dry fire, but then when I go to the range and I'm using actual live ammo, it's a little bit different because of that recoil. You can do that as well. Bring it to the range and live fire it. But lots of different options. They have the black beard for your AR. They have the laser academy. If you guys want to check all of that stuff out, head on over to mantisx.com. Okay, so I'm curious, do you have, and I'm sure that this is almost the equivalent of me asking, like when somebody asks me, like, well, what's your favorite gun? I'm like, man, I don't know. I have so many guns. But what is your favorite sights? Honestly, so like I said, I started I started with XSN04. And mm-hmm. at the time, the only thing we did were ghost ring sights for the hunting side of the market. And express sites for handguns. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the DXTs and the DXT2s. They just they really work very very well. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly easy to see on presentation from a holster. It allows you to. I mean, you can depending on the distance, you can almost target focus like you would with a red dot on a handgun. Yeah, you can still see the sights and still know that you're going to get an acceptable level of accuracy. Not going to be a pinpoint, super precise shot if you're focusing on the target. Yeah. But to put it in the down zero portion of an IDPA target, on a USPSA target at, at seven to 10 yards, I can still target focus and do that. Mm-hmm. That being said, everybody says, oh, they're not accurate. They're not accurate. Yeah. I don't have any trouble driving pepper poppers to the ground at 150 yards with the big dot. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'll admit... I practice as much as I can, and at one time that was a lot, but the reality is the fundamentals are 
are the fundamentals. And if you're executing them properly, the big dot will work very, very well. Yeah. I like the R3Ds quite a bit. They're a little, you know, they're a conventional notch and post. They are shorter than the DXTs. And then the the green ember front is just really freaking awesome, especially in full sunlight. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you can't miss it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't see that front sight, it's, it's probably time to, to make another appointment for the optometrist <laughs> to double check because that thing just sticks out like nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think those are the ones yeah. that I have on my gun. Well, I think actually I have, I, I have a variety, but I think I have the DXTs. And those I would say are more for not necessarily shooting bullseyes where you're precise, but you are shooting still where you want to shoot. Yeah, well, you know, and, and as I mentioned earlier, they were they were designed around the same concept of why you use express light. Exactly. Yep. Looking for for acceptable accuracy right now, not super precise bullseye accuracy in a minute or two. Yeah. Then they're they're plenty capable of what you need for a defensive. Yeah, which I don't. I don't think people realize. Like, you're not going to have time to line up your sights and be like, okay. And you know, even in my classes, I'm like, the minute that front sight hits your target, like, go ahead and fire, and then you can, you know, work on lining up your sights if you have time. But essentially, you're really relying on that front sight. Mm-hmm. Now, where where I found where people really latch onto the idea is on, you know, if you can get them into a force on force class. Yeah, exactly. You've got, you've got hand guns outfitted with both conventional three dots or the Glock factory sights and then the express sights. And after a, a couple of scenarios where they've had exposure to, to all the available side options you've got on the, on the FX guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take long for everybody to start gravitating towards the big dot going, no, no, I, w- I want that one. Yeah. I want that one. I can see those better. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that makes- the, that's the thing is, you know, in, Outside of a static range environment, generally, you know, you're moving, generally the, the threat's moving. And that big dot's just a lot easier to see. Even if you're observing the world around you, you can still see the big dots in your low in your peripheral vision and know where they are. The R3Ds keep a lot of that same capability just by virtue of having a, a brightly colored dot, in, you know, surrounding the tritium lamp on that front side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still like the big dots better for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. You guys also have a competition shooting team. How long have you guys mm-hmm. had that and how many people are on that team? Uh, so we've had sponsored shooters ever since I started. I think we had, we actually had a couple of guys before I started. Okay. Uh, currently there are, I'm having to count on my fingers. I'm like, sorry to put you on the spot. No, no, that's, that's okay. Uh, We've got five or six, I think just real quick off the top of my head. And granted at the moment, really myself and Jared fuel are the only two that still work at XS on the team. But we've got Jared and myself, uh, Richard and Jennifer Weiss, who both used to work at XS, um, Michelle Waldron and Jennifer Blake. Hmm. Okay. Is, is so, yeah, Jennifer, I love her. She's great. Mm-hmm. Gun girl, yeah. Jen, if you guys are on Instagram, her and I are pretty good friends. And I think that that's actually how I originally found out about you guys was from her. And we were on a trip together uh, with AOB, American Outdoor Brands, which they have like tons of brands under their umbrella. And she was telling me about excess sites. Excellent. Okay. Wrapping up, 
are there any future plans that you can share with listeners? Oh, we've got lots of projects in the works. I don't know what all I can really talk about yet, but uh, the site pusher, we, we, we showed at NRA. So there's, there's pictures and information of that out in the wild. So sometime in the next, I don't know, five, six weeks, we'll be releasing a, a site pusher that will work on Glock handguns. Mm-hmm. Small, compact, easy to throw in a range bag to keep with you. Uh, and it'll work on any of the Glocks. There's no plates. There's no shims. Just drop it in, push a wedge in to lock the slide in place, and grab the hex key and start cranking on it to adjust the side if you need to. And then everything stores inside the, the pusher itself when you're done so that it doesn't get lost. Mm-hmm. And we're also, if you've got some people that are interested in the hunting side of things or they're looking at lever guns for defensive use, you know, we released our, our lever rail, so the long rail and ghost ring sites for the Henry 4570s uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And we're working on getting stuff out for the Henry's in 44 mag and 357 mag uh, here in the next few months as the, the big ones I know I can talk about right now. Nice. Very nice. So okay. The Smith CSX, we've got some stuff in works for that, some sites in works for that. They're not ready yet, but we're trying to get them out um, because that's that's kind of a neat little handgun. Uh, and we've had quite a few requests on that guy. So, Okay. And then if people want to follow you on social media or find you guys on your website, which you guys do sell directly from your website, right? That is correct. We do. Where can they find you for that? So the website is www.xssites.com. That's X, letter X, letter S, S-I-G-H-T-S dot com. We also have a Facebook page uh, as well as I think we have Twitter and I know we have Instagram. Okay, perfect. And then a YouTube channel as well. And we've been putting a lot more up in the way of blogs on our website and we've been doing some more uh, shooting and shooting drill type videos on our YouTube page. And in fact, that's one of next week's projects is to go do uh, some video for some upcoming YouTube releases. Okay. Very cool. All right. Moving on with the rest of the show called Wealth. I noticed that you mentioned those pepper poppers. I'm assuming you have experience with that. If you guys aren't sure what they are, it's essentially it's a spring loaded target on a steel base. You can set it up in a field without putting up posts or anything like that. And they're just lots of fun. They're interactive. A lot of people use them in, you know, competitions and stuff like that. But even if you just have like an outdoor range and you want to use it, it's perfect. They're available for, let's see. So you can get the complete target and base for only $99. And then you can also get them slightly bigger, like the Prairie Dog version for $109.99. And I actually have yet, I don't have them on my range. I was just thinking that. Oh, that's, that's, oh man, how can you? I don't know. You I have to have steel on the range. Oh, I do. I have, just, I have tons of Caldwell steel, but I do not have the pepper poppers. And I don't yeah, know why. The pepper poppers are a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. 
I know I need to change that. But anyways, if you guys want to get yours, I think I'm going to get mine. Uh, head on over to caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny10, all one word, and that's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. California will allow individuals to sue FFLs. And I'm like, oh, why am I not surprised this is California? All right. So California Governor Newsom has assigned over 10 new gun control laws in the last few weeks. Among other things, they include limits on gun advertising to minors, more regulatory inspections for gun dealers, and 10-year bans of firearm possession for anyone convicted of child or elder abuse. The most controversial law allows any private citizen to sue businesses that distribute so-called assault weapons or ghost guns on their parts. The law was modeled after a new Texas law that allows citizens to sue anyone who aids and abets in an abortion in defiance of Texas law. It's modeled so closely on it that it even contains language that would invalidate the law if courts find that uh, Texas abortion law unconstitutional. California law already makes it illegal for any person to manufacture, distribute, transport, import, sell, give, or lend any quote-unquote assault weapons or any 50 BMG rifle. It also makes it illegal to sell, supply, deliver, or give possession of a firearm precursor part. The new law gives anyone a private right to sue anyone or any corporation that violates those laws, just like the Texas law that gives anyone the right to sue someone aiding an abortion, including an Uber driver who drops someone off at a clinic. Similarly, under the new California law, they can sue an FFL that sells a firearm to anyone under 21, and the FFL would be liable to $10,000 per firearm and cost of legal fees. Newsom, as always, is going after guns, but with this law, he's deliberately making it as controversial as possible. Even the ACLU has advised against using the legal framework against guns. Both laws are going to face legal challenges and likely end up before the Supreme Court. Hopefully it's likely ruled unconstitutional, but again, who knows? Well, with the with the current court, I think it's actually a pretty good chance. I mean, and especially in the last true. couple, three, three, four weeks, they've been hammering on the, the hard liberal, uh, a lot of the hardcore liberal policies and whatnot. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin decision and then uh, the one they laid down against the EPA and their rule changes were yeah astounding and in a, in a good way, I do believe. Yeah, they were they were fire, essentially, to say, you know. Actually, I read something. This is so off topic, but I mean, one, you're absolutely right. We've actually made some pretty big waves with the Supreme Court, but I belong to like these Facebook groups and I think it's like Trader Joe's Facebook group. And somebody was like, yeah, so this blah, blah, blah. I don't know. They're talking about some food and they're like, nonetheless, it was fire and I will definitely be buying it again. And somebody got like all bent out of shape about the word fire and they're like, how do you even use that to describe something? Which is nothing new. It's not like it's like a new term, I well, don't think. But well, no, and then, you know the way you just described it, it's pretty, pretty self-evident that how they did yeah. it to be used. I know, I know. 
But yeah, so anyways, I'm going to go out and be like, yeah, Supreme Court. Yeah, they've been fire lately. They've been doing, you know, some pretty good things. Hopefully, I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy now. The fact that you could just sue anyone and everyone. And I don't know. I mean, and I don't, granted, I don't see any of these FFLs really selling to any. I mean, we're not, the thing is, is like FFLs, we are law-abiding citizens. We are following the laws. So it's not like anybody's going out of their way to sell to somebody under 21. Like they're not going to jeopardize their FFL just to appease, you know, one sale. But the fact that they can sue is just ridiculous. Well, and, and, you know, what what most people don't realize is they don't think about it. You know, as an FFL holder, that's your livelihood. Mm -hmm. You don't want to jeopardize it. Mm -hmm. When when I worked at the gun shop, now granted, that was was almost 20 years ago, but that was one of the things they told me when I started is if somebody comes in and you get a bad vibe, you ain't got to sell them a firearm. Yeah. You can tell them, sorry, sir. And send them on the way. And Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. And we didn't do it very often, but we did deny us, you know, several people to sell a firearm. Mm-hmm. We, it's just like, no, sir, I'm not selling you that. Yeah. Why not? I just don't think I should. Yeah. And, you know, the, the one or two times I did that in the year I worked for the gun shop, uh, the boss went, you know, the boss would ask me why. I would explain the situation. He'd go, okay. Yeah. And it was over. Exactly. I know. Cause well, especially now, I mean, any little mistake, the FFL or I mean, ATF is not like screwing around. Like before it was like, ah, there was a little bit of leniency. All right. There was a discrepancy on maybe one of the 4473s. You made a mistake and overlooked it. Now it's like, they pretty much have this attitude like, Hey, you make one mistake and like, we can close your entire store. Well, they wouldn't close the store. They would take away your FFL and then you'd essentially be stuck i guess just selling accessories or something but you're pretty well you're pretty well out of business. yeah exactly i don't know what else you're selling but it's not guns but yeah i get it but yeah some of these laws are just ridiculous anyways franklin armory Franklin Army, actually, they just released a new binary trigger that is for the CZ Scorpion Evo, which I'm super excited about because I have a CZ Scorpion Evo. Every time Franklin Armory lists a gun that they make a binary trigger for, I'm like, oh, yes, put that on my list, put that on my list. Have you ever shot binary? I haven't played with one of the binaries. Oh, you are Um, so missing out. I I cheat. At TAC Pro, you know, Bill's got several... Like machine M16s. guns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The M16s, uh, uh, you know, a 240, a 249, an M2. Dang. So, yeah, I have I have access to those. Now, nothing against the binary. I just haven't gotten around to playing with one. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> on the, on the, if I still had the Scorpion, I'd be eyeballing that one for the Scorpion Evo a lot because the, the Scorpion's a cool gun. It is. Yeah. I know. I actually, you know what? I haven't really played around with my Scorpion Evo that much. I put the Manicore Arms bullpup kit on it and messed around with it. And then I got to be honest, it's kind of just sitting in the back. Uh, Well, right now, my guns aren't even in the safe. They're secured somewhere in a room because I have so many guns I have. But I haven't really messed with it. But now with them coming out with a binary trigger for it, I'm like, oh, (laughs) dust off the old CZ Scorpion. It's time to play. But I will say so it's on their website. You cannot buy it yet. So they haven't completely released it. Just like 
they came out with a binary trigger for the Glock, which I'm way too excited about. That has not been released just yet, but it's just a matter of, you know, any day it's going to be released. But in the meantime, they do have binary triggers for a variety of other guns. So I'd highly recommend to check them out, franklinarmory.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A is, did you hear the, I hate the word assault weapon. Did you hear the quote unquote assault weapons ban in Superior got a restraining order against it? I actually did. A judge issued a temporary restraining order against the ban for 15 days, preventing Superior from enforcing the new laws. Rocky Mountain gun owners filed a lawsuit against the town of Superior, which I believe is in Colorado, for violating the Second and Fourteenth Amendments. The judge said the court is sympathetic to the town's stated reasoning. However, the court is unaware of historical precedent that would permit a governmental entity to entirely ban a type of weapon that is commonly used by law-abiding citizens for lawful purposes, whether it's an individual's home or in public. The order lasts for 14 days. There will be another hearing to decide if the order will remain in effect beyond that. You know, uh, going back to what we, we talked about just a minute ago with the Supreme Court, one of the astounding things about the, the decision against the, the state of New York was the guidance that uh, Justice Thomas and the rest of the majority laid out for looking at laws in regards to the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, listening to, to what you just said and thinking about their guidance, yeah, there's a good chance that law goes away if they follow what what justice thomas and the rest of the the majority gave for guidance on the second amendment yeah yeah absolutely now, especially when you read that quote about the judge and uh what he said in regards to uh historical precedents mm-hmm. yeah basically mm-hmm. basically looking at that versus you know recalling what i do about what justice thomas had in his his majority opinion yeah that goes bye-bye because there's not really a good historical precedent for that yeah Yeah, I couldn't agree more. IWI. If you're wanting a shotgun that will turn heads, definitely check out the TS-12 from IWI, which is actually kind of interesting that my editor put this in because I'm in the process of packing my house, which I wouldn't wish on anyone. Packing up an entire house, especially by yourself, sucks. And it's giving me a lot of stress, <laughs> but I did find the box for my TS-12. Occasionally I keep the boxes, which is weird because I never sell any guns that I get. I think maybe, well, that's a lot. Maybe I've sold like two my entire life and it was to people that I knew. But anyways, yeah, I just found the TS-12 and it's weird because TS-12 actually stands for Tavor Shotgun, which I was like, oh, hmm, didn't even realize that. But anyways, TS-12 It's amazing because it's only 28.3 inches long overall with a full 18.5 inch barrel thanks to the bullpup design, which gives it a full space gun look. One of the coolest things about it is the three tube rotating magazine. So each tube can hold four three inch shells or five two to three fourth inch shells. So basically a total of 15. 
They have a full-length top rail for optics, M-lock slots for accessories on the sides. You can also get them in FDE or OD green now in addition to the standard black. They have a two-position gas regulator and they take Benelli chokes, which also means that you can suppress it, which I think would be a lot of fun. And that's something that I actually should do as well. Anyways, check these out at IWI.us. And if you find any accessories at the web store, remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, today in Tacti Talk, I'm sure you've seen that hard shell guitar case with like foam inserts. It's actually like it, it's an AR case, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that in itself is just kind of a play on the old violin cases that you used to see for the Thompson. Yeah, exactly. And those are cool. It's a really, you know, discreet way to, especially when you travel. Have you ever traveled with like a long gun and <laughs> you have this big, <laughs> you have this big like, you know, gun case that everyone's just automatically assumes AR. And I hate to say it, but like nowadays it's like with guns being so politicalized and then especially ARs, you know, and all the stigma and it's like nothing like, you know, you're just walking down the airport, you know, heading on over to check in with your big long gun case. And everyone's just like, it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not just ARs, just anytime you have a long gun case, yeah, you get some weird looks in the airport. I know. I mean, every now and then you get like some people that are like, oh, cool. What is it? What it, you know, and they're all like asking questions or they're like, oh, are you a competitive shooter? And then other times you just get dirty looks like they just look at you like you're, you know, I hate to say this, but like a child killer, because that's what, you know, a lot of times these anti-gun people like to label people who like guns. But anyways, recently, Save Your Equipment, they just came out with one that is called the Violin Case. So it's the Fiddle Master Violin Case. It's a lot more compact and you could fit your AR or any other firearm up to 30 inches long. Plus there's room for mags and accessories. It's made from high compact polymer for the shell and a rubberized like internal shell with weather resistant sealing and foam padding. It has a side carry handle, four rugged latches and two TSA approved locks. It comes with two straps for strapping down your firearm in any of the 11 different places through the length of it, depending on your needs. MSRP on the case is only, I say only, but I'm like, oh, it's kind of, I mean, it's a lot. It's crazy how much these cases are, but $164.99. And yeah, the, last, the, the last TSA approved long gun case I bought was like $350. Now, granted, Dang. it was set up for a three gun case, but still. Wow. Well, sixty four ninety nine is a lot better than the three fifty I paid for the last. I'll be honest. So I, I guess I don't really pay too much attention to a lot of these cases. How much like or even like range bags? How much they are? Like even you know GPS. You know, for a while I was sponsored by them, and I was just like, yeah, okay. In this case, is like you know this bag's pretty cool. And then I look at the price, and I'm like, oh wow. And then it's like really hard to figure out. Like okay, well, what is the difference between? your, you know, $200 gun case versus your $50 gun case and is there triple stitching? But I mean, it is crazy yeah. like how is much it really, you know, really durable yeah. hard shell plastic. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, guys, anytime that I talk about anything in gear chat, I am not sponsored by any of these. 
my editor just picks and chooses like whatever comes out and, you know, I think would be interesting for you guys to hear about, but I am in no way, you know, sponsored by them. But I guess when you put it that way, when your last case was $300 and then this one is $164.99, that's like almost half the price. And that's actually pretty good, especially if you don't want to walk around the airport <laughs> heading over to check in with some, you know, long gun case and everyone's looking at you like, you know, you get the looks and stuff. But yeah, so if you guys want to check it out, uh, again, the company is Savior Equipment. I actually have some of their pistol bags that I've been pretty happy with. Right now, the violin case, it only comes in black, but their guitar case is also available in gray and tan. So I'm sure that we'll probably see those options in the future. Manicore Arms. I mentioned the TS-12. <laughs> I'm scrolling down and I'm like, okay, the next one. And then my dog decides to like start playing with my hand as I'm trying to scroll down. I'm like, okay, just totally missed my spot in the show notes. <laughs> but, but it's time to play mom. I know. <laughs> I'm just glad she hasn't barked yet because normally when I first start the show before she's on my lap, she usually barks at me a few times and I'm like, okay. Cause really you know, off topic, but you said that you grew up with chihuahuas and your family, you know, mostly owns chihuahuas, but like chihuahuas and little dogs are just notorious for being little barkers, you know? And so mm -hmm. my last dog tickles, who's only four and a half pounds, she was four pounds for the longest time. And then towards like the last couple of years, she gained like half a pound. And then peaches is five and a half. She might even be six pounds at this point. So she's a little bit bigger and she's only seven months old, but the last thing I want is like some little dog that like is the definition of like your typical little like chihuahua that has like, you know, small dog syndrome that's aggressive and then barks at every little thing and then they're scared and then they shake. I'm trying to get her to not bark unless she hears something, you know, weird, but I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> Do you have any like tips for that? Not really. I don't know. Like, you know, like I told you when we were talking about the show, my little sister's hearing impaired. She's always had a chihuahua. That was always her ears at night. Yeah. And I have no idea, you know, when it was Cimarron, the one she had when, when we were in high school, that little dog, he would go hide. You know, anytime somebody came up to the house, he would go hide. <laughs> and he'd give me a cat all the time and would never come out. But if she was asleep, listen, my little sister, if she was asleep, you were a brave individual to go in her room and try and touch her because you would pull back nubs. That little dog would tear your hand off. Aww. I don't know how he decided that that was how he needed to be in life. I right. Know, you know, mom or dad or my Melissa ever training him to do that, but that's the way he was. Yeah. You know, if she was asleep because she couldn't hear, yeah, you weren't messing with her because if you did, he was going to take you apart. That's funny. Um, yeah, he was. He was an awesome little dog. The other day I brought peaches to the gun store with me and there's a woman that is an employee there and she always brings her dog and the dog's like a kind of like a sheep dog, like Rottweiler mix, definitely a lot bigger than peaches. And they're like on two opposite ends and peaches was just like barking, like ready to take her down, like charging after. And I'm like, uh, I don't know how big you think you are, but you don't stand a chance. <laughs> uh, these dogs, but, they crack but, me but up. Good luck convincing her. her I know. I know. <laughs> Anyways, Manicore Arms. So I talked about the TS-12, the IWI TS-12 earlier. So Manicore Arms has essential upgrades for it. 
They have the curved butt pad, which is a game changer. It conforms nicely to the shoulder for better comfort. And it's giving you a better grip, so it's not going to slide around on your shoulder, especially with that recoil. And it only takes a few seconds to change out. They also have the knurled, which I, I this word is always so weird for me to pronounce, but the the curled, knurled, I always want to say curled, knurled charging handle. And it gives you a better grip. It, it actually sticks out a little bit more than the original charging handle. And you're not going to like rack your knuckles on the receiver when you charge it. And then they also have the muzzle brake. It's going to reduce a lot of that recoil, especially if you're shooting slugs like I have to sometimes when I shoot indoors. So if you want to check all of these out, head on over to manacorearms.com and remember to use the code AVAROCKS15, all one word, and that's going to give you 15% off. Today's you know, They also make a, a really cool stock. If you get one of the Brown Hells BRN-180s, which yes. I got one. Uh, yeah, their stock that, that they're, looks like the original AR-18 stock. Yes. That's pretty slick. Yeah, they're, they're trapdoor stock. I have one, and I actually put it on... What did I put it on? I put it on my uh, HK MP522, mm-hmm. which, you know, is a little bit of a different look, but it was because it has that 1913, you know, Picatinny attachment, but it's really cool. I like it. And then when I saw it on, you know, the original BRN 180, it, I mean, I like the look, it definitely gives it like a different look. And like, let's face it, like you, after a while of having all these guns, like you want to kind of break it up a little bit and, you know, well, I mean, the, the cool thing about it is, you know, last year, I guess it was Brownells released that, that one particular lower that's the Magwell's cut to look like the original AR-18. Yeah. To definitely go for more of that cosmetic of the original um, yeah. Armalite AR-18, AR-180. And the Manicore stock fits in with that perfect because it it looks very, very similar to the original stock mm-hmm. that Armalite used. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so those are available on the website as well. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment, Monty, I don't know if you've heard the bad news. I mean, this is tragic. Klondike, they are no longer going to be making the Choco Taco. Yeah, so sorry, I'm from Texas. We do bluebell around here. Oh, gosh. So you don't even care. (laughs) It's just not my thing. I I mean, bluebell hasn't stopped making the cookies and cream, so I'm good. Uh, so I am not a huge ice cream person. Like usually I prefer like, you know, cake or something that's like, I could actually like chew on ice cream. I'm like, eh, I could usually always take it or leave it. Although I will note, like I've noticed, like as I get older, I definitely enjoy ice cream more than when I did. And that's like, there's weird things that I enjoy now, like sour cream. I never cared for it when I was a kid. I was like, what a waste of calories. Like it's tasteless. And now I'm like, oh, I love sour cream. It has to be on my Mexican food. Same thing with ice cream, but I always liked the Choco Taco because it was like best of both worlds. Like it, you know, it was like actually something that you can kind of chew on, but it had the ice cream and then the chocolate. And I'm pretty like devastated over this. And I'm like, why would they take this off? Especially because they've admitted that it's one of their most popular items and they've been making it now for 40 years. And yeah, and, and if it's one of their most popular items, that makes you want to scratch your head and go, why are you guys getting rid of it? Well, same thing with like Twinkies, which I don't remember exactly why at the time they were like, no, we're going to take Twinkies off 
Maybe they weren't doing as well, but I can't imagine that Choco Tacos were ever hurting. I don't know. Mm. Well, you, you, you know, there's the conspiracy theory that Coke released new Coke to buy time and give them a break between the original Coke and the Coke made with high fructose corn syrup. Maybe they got a little something like that going on. They're, they're going to discontinue it for a few months and then bring it back. And yeah. Make a little change that, that helps that profit margin. It and could hope that nobody catches that. So I think that you might be on to something with there, or sometimes I greatly suspect that sometimes it's just like a, a marketing ploy. Okay, here's a few things. Uh, like, like McDonald's in the McRib. Man, yeah. Get rid of it every year and then bring it back every year. Yeah. Or even, I mean, look at Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. Like, why would you take that off? Or I'm still waiting for them to bring back the grilled stuff burrito because honestly, right now, Taco Bell is like dead to me. Because they haven't had the girl stuff burrito now in years. And I'm like, why would you take that off out of everything see, else? I, I still go to Taco Bell, but they're like the easiest place to get to. Grab something and come back for lunch. Yeah. If I'm really, really busy. Yeah. That's the only reason I still go there is because the convenience factor. Well, have you ever had a girl stuff burrito? No, no. I was uh, always more, more along the lines of the Mexican pizza and a good burrito and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, the Mexican pizza, I haven't had a Mexican pizza in forever, but I mean, they did just bring that back. So that's good. But anyways, okay. So Klondike confirmed on social media this past Monday that the rumors were true. They're going to be discontinued. They said, unfortunately, the Choco Taco has been discontinued in both the one count and four packs, a necessary but unfortunate part of this process and that we sometimes must discontinue products, even a beloved item like the Choco Taco. Fans of the Choco Taco took to social media with messages pleading, requesting, and demanding the Choco Taco be brought back. Klondike posts got many times their normal traffic, all in favor of the Choco Taco. One user said why the Choco Taco was perfection. This is just another boneheaded corporate move that has nothing to do with the process. Another said these gas prices suck. The Klondike bar Choco Taco being discontinued absolutely sucks. The America we know is falling apart. You know, I can't deny that. That's that's actually that's legit. Valid point there. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that one's pretty. Klondike responded saying, "Over the past two years, we have experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across our portfolio, and have had to make very tough decisions to ensure availability of our full portfolio nationwide. We know Choco Taco is a huge favorite and a top seller for our out-of-home business." So this is particularly painful. We're working hard to find a way to bring Choco Taco back to ice cream trucks in the coming years. That's why it makes me think, I'm like, what is going on? Because maybe it is like a supply issue. Maybe they're going to change the recipe a little bit. Uh, yeah, either one of those. Like I said, there's there's that whole conspiracy theory about the, the Coke, new Coke thing that it was, you know, they came out with the new Coke to give them some breathing room to change the recipe on Coca-Cola Classic. Yeah. Uh, the big thing going from real sugar to, to, to corn syrup. So maybe they got a little something like that going on with this. And mm-hmm. They're just, uh, they're going to hold off for a few months and then bring it back so that you don't catch the, the change in whatever they're doing. Exactly. You know, that's probably what it is because yeah, I'm like, how do you get rid of the Choco Taco? That thing is fire. You know, if it's if it's that big, a uh, you know that that much of a popular seller, it would be uh, stupid. I mean, it's yeah, like, like like making gun sights and going, ah, we're not going to make Glocks. Yeah, you know? exactly. I know. 
huh? <laughs> you know? I know. And I typically try not to keep junk food in my house because the thing is, is like, I'm not the type where I'm like, oh, I'll just have a little bit and put it back. Like, no, I devour it. Like it needs to be eaten until it's gone. And I'm like, well, this isn't good for my figure. So I try not to keep sweets in my house. Every now and then I go through one of those like, eh, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to be happy in fat phases. And then I buy all the sweets. But ice cream, I could usually take or leave. But like Choco Tacos have totally been in my freezer quite a few times. So yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's not so much the sweets for me. It's it's really good bourbon. So Oh, I have it's that. Process, I have that too. I'm, I'm pretty much, yeah, I, you know, how some people are like, oh, well, everybody has like their vices. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, I like to drink. I like to eat. I like to. (laughs) But yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll see it return someday and hopefully soon. And hopefully it doesn't taste different. Anyways, it's time to. I know it's time to wrap up. iTunes reviews are completely out, which they were out last week, too. So it's really weird how the show goes through phases where you guys will leave a ton of reviews and we're like stocked up. And then we don't have reviews. So hopefully we're not going through that phase again because it was really awkward not to have any reviews. And I like hearing from you guys. If you haven't left an iTunes review, please do so. If you have an iPhone, it's really easy. Just go to the iTunes app and search for Gun Funny. Scroll down. You'll see where you can review us, leave a review, and you also get entered into winning a prize pack. If you guys want to find me, I'm at gunfunny.com. There's links to all my social media on there. You can listen to the show directly. If you want to support the show because you enjoy it, you can become a patron for either just once, one-time donation or monthly. You also get access to our Facebook Patreon group, which is a lot of fun. And I post a lot of stuff in there, things that I normally wouldn't post anywhere else. And it's pretty personal. I mean, we're just all like having just lots of fun and So if you guys need a laugh, I would highly recommend becoming a Patreon. Also, Blown Deadline, he's given away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky Patreon each month. And I want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, and Melissa Ridings. And then King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Monty, thank you so much for your time and explaining to us how Tritium works and everything that Excess Sites has to offer, all of that good stuff. If you could just remind listeners where they can go to buy any Excess Sites or follow you guys on social media. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having having me on the show. I appreciate it. It's, of course. It's been fun. Uh, you know, for, for people that would like to order our sites, you can go to www.xs.com. S-I-G-H-T-S dot com. Um, we also have an Amazon store. Um, me being me, I would really like you to go to your local gun shop and if they don't carry our products, ask them to order them. Yeah. I really, really like supporting the local shops because uh, I worked at one. I still talk to still talk to those guys at that shop and then several of the other local shops lately. And man, you just never know what you're going to find when you walk in there. I've, I've found some really cool deals on some older firearms that I wanted and couldn't pass up because I keep those, do what I can to keep those shops open. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. That's a great idea. Like I said, the, the social media, we, you know, XS has a Facebook page, a YouTube page and an Instagram page. And it should be links to all of that on our, our homepage somewhere and give it a look, check us out and feel free to say hi. 
All right. Sounds great. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, I hope everyone has a great week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.